Tonight I want you to turn with me to 2 Timothy chapter 1, beginning with verse 6. This was kind of a message out of the overflow of my heart when I, when I started giving God thanksgiving uh, and praise for what He had done in my life and what He's done this year uh, in the house. I'm, I'm thankful to God for all He's done. It's been a tremendous year for our church. It's been a time of transition and change. But God has been faithful, and God has been a great blessing uh, to this house, and I'm very thankful. But I have a, a, a weird title tonight. And this is a title that the Lord gave me, and it's called, It's Fun to Be Saved. It's fun to be saved. Now, some of you, your religious bones just jerked right when I said fun and saved in the same sentence. Uh, because you were raised like me, where church, you have to put on your, your funeral clothes. To come to church, you have to put on your frown face. You have to put on your serious face. You have to, you have to tweak your religious tone. Anybody with me? You know, it's kind of like when I worked insurance, I had a phone voice. Thank you for calling. This is Ronnie. I'm going to help you. And, and some of us, we have our religious voice. Hey, brother, how you doing? God bless you. You're blessed and highly favored. Yeah. When we just got through cussing our wife out on the way to church, you know, we got our little lingo and our little, little suave tone we use. But if there's one thing that I want Alba's house to be known for. Yes, you've heard me preach on grace. Yes, we're a house of grace. Yes, we've got a picture of the prodigal son, a statue in front of our main auditorium. But there's one thing, and we, Brother Timmons and I were praying together, talking over lunch. There's one thing that we have as a church that nobody else has. And that's not to brag. Every church is gifted, anointed, and called and has its own identity. But our identity is truth, always has been. Spirit and grace. See, most spirit-filled Pentecostal churches don't know a thing about kingdom or grace. And I believe that the ingredients that God has given us, He's given us for such a time as, as this to take our city and to go into the highways and hedges and reach sinners. Amen? We can reach them with the message of grace and love. And once we reach them, then we can mentor them in spiritual gifts. And we can see them filled with the power of the Holy Ghost. And then they'll become world changers. And they'll take mountains and they'll change the world in which they live. Amen? We need to quit expecting everybody to come in here to get changed. And we need to go out there and touch people in their environment. And then we just fill them up when they come here to go back out into their culture, into their world, and, and take it with the gospel of Jesus Christ. But we live beneath our privilege as Christians. We live sad lives. We live miserable lives. And I'm guilty of it at times too. But what would happen if people really saw the joy of the Lord in us and on us? That's my prayer for you this Thanksgiving and Christmas is that people would truly see the joy of the Lord. The joy of the Lord is not fake. It's not religious. It's unexplainable. It's when the power of God comes on you. It's when you have a smile when you don't feel like smiling. It's when you laugh when you don't feel like laughing. Amen? It's when you have hope even though everything around you is screaming there is no hope. It's a peace that passes all understanding. It's joy unspeakable and full of glory. It only comes by way of the Holy Ghost. And to have that kind of joy, that inward contentment, regardless of outward circumstances, 
You've got to embrace the Holy Spirit in your life. People say, how do you do what you do? How do you speak in front of people? Do you get nervous? I don't know that I get mentally nervous, but my body gets nervous. I, and I'll just leave it at that. I have stomach problems, okay? Every Sunday before I speak, and my dad did too his whole life since he was 19. It's just every Sunday. Why? Because this is unnatural without the anointing. Without the unction of the Holy Spirit, this is not a talent. This is an anointing. There's a difference. Some people have talent, and then God puts his super on their talent, his super on their natural, and then you see the anointing. People close to me would tell you I'd rather be in my recliner, my natural man. But the Holy Ghost comes on you to do a supernatural purpose. And each of you have a purpose, too, in the kingdom of God. That's what's cool about the kingdom. You just have to know your purpose. But I want to shift you from a miserable life to a fun life. You know, I love to have fun. It's like the older we get, we lose that childlike faith. When I was a kid, I was such a foolish kid. I know that's hard to believe. But, man, I love to have fun. And I would cut up, man. If something was, was serious in a classroom setting, I would make a fool out of myself to get people laughing. I mean, I just loved it. I loved making people laugh. I loved bringing joy. I would do imitations of movie characters. I mean, anything. I just loved to be around laughter because it seemed like being raised in the ministry, everything was so doggone serious all the time. And my parents are real high strung. Somebody say amen. How many of y'all know that my parents are a little bit high strung? They're a little serious about stuff. So you either had to ride that roller coaster, you had to be a fool to break out of that, okay? So I used to travel all the time with my parents. I mean, I traveled with them like crazy. I mean, it'd get boring. I mean, I love church, don't get me wrong, but Baptist life wasn't all that fun. And once you've heard four people preach in monotone, and then you get a one-hour break and you got to come back to another church service when you're six, seven years old, I mean, there were days before I was saved, I'd just rather go to hell. Then go to another conference. I mean, I grew up going to conferences and everything with my parents all the time. And so I remember one afternoon, Dad had preached twice one morning. And he was going back somewhere to preach. I was about seven years old. And I was in one bed, and my mom and dad were in the other taking a nap. Why well, seven? I didn't want to take a nap. I wanted to go have fun. I'd been in church all day. Well, I couldn't sleep. So my favorite thing to do in my foolish nature... When my mom, my mom sleeps like a rock, like a rock. So what I used to do as a kid, I thought it was really funny. I would get as close to her face when she was sleeping as I possibly could. And I would stare at her, and it would make me laugh. And then I'd cover my face and, like, move over before she'd wake up. It was just this game I played. Everybody say he had problems. <laughs> and so that's what I would do to entertain myself. Because if mom ever did woke up, it was like the, it ever did wake up, it was like the rapture was coming. And so, man, this Sunday, I was sitting there, and she was snoring, you know. And I was getting up real close in her face, and I tripped or something, and like hit her, and she went, "Ooh!" And she rolled off the bed. Then dad rolled off the other side of the bed. He had his tidy whities on. He gets out his belt, man. 
he starts whipping me, and the more he whips me, the more I laugh. I mean, I can't laugh. And finally, he gave up whipping me, and he just said, Ronnie, you're just a pure fool. I don't know what to do with you. are a pure fool. And that was how I was as a kid. And as I've gotten older, I've become so serious about so many things, you know, raising kids. But I do believe there's authentic joy in the Lord. And I think we're too stuffy sometimes in the kingdom of God. You know, I like to have fun, man. Uh, and I believe the Christian life is supposed to be fun. Amen? And I want to tell you how you can have fun. So my text says this. Paul says this to young Timothy. He's got work in front of him in Ephesus. He's about to face these threats. He's got work he has to do, and his mentor is going to pour into him some truth so that he can fight the battles he's about to have to fight. And this is what he says. He says, I remind you to stir up the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. People say something negative about laying on of hands. You, they need to understand it's biblical and their blessing comes with the laying on of hands. Amen. It's not just something religious we do. The power of God comes on that and joy can be released through the laying on of hands. And it said, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of what? Power and of love and of a sound mind. We always quote that. Here's the next part. Therefore, do not be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord nor of me, his prisoner, but share with me in the sufferings for the gospel according to the power of God, who has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works. Not according to our works. I'm going to say that again. Not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given to us in Christ Jesus before time began. So it's fun being saved. Psalm 62 verse 1 says, Truly my soul silently waits for God. From Him comes my salvation. Everyone say salvation. In Acts 2 verse 21 it said, Pentecost, whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Saved is not just a religious word that we use. It's what happens to you when you accept the free gift of God's grace. You can't earn it by your works. It is by grace, the Bible says, you have been saved. And then it goes on to say in Romans, For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. So yes, it is important what you release from your mouth. The power of life and death is in the tongue. And we have to be careful what we release, whether we release a blessing or a curse. We've all failed at this, but it's important that if you want to receive the grace of God, you want to receive the joy of your salvation, that you confess that out of your mouth. Lord, forgive me. Lord, I receive joy, unspeakable and full of glory. Lord, I bless my brother. Lord, I forgive my brother. Lord, I choose to believe by faith that you're going to heal me. It's powerful what you say out of your mouth. It's spiritual. It's not religious. So if you need joy, confess joy. If you need to be saved, confess it. If you need healing, confess it. If you need restoration, speak it. If you want to be thankful, give thanksgiving out of your mouth. Put on a garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness that the enemy tries to bring your way. So why aren't we walking in the fun-filled life that Jesus has for us? There are many reasons. The number one is the fall of man. We're all going to battle every day with our flesh. Amen? How many of you have perfect flesh? Nobody. Well, Steve Petty, that's it. He's got perfect flesh. Just kidding. 
But none of us are perfect. And theology tells us that your body will never cooperate with your mind completely unless you are endued with power from on high, the power of the Holy Spirit. You're never going to get your flesh to cooperate with your moral list of rules without the Holy Spirit. My flesh does the wrong things all the time. So does yours. But there are seasons and moments where I'm sin-free because of the power of the Holy Ghost. You need that unction on your life. But there is a flesh battle. Paul would say in Galatians that we are to be led by the Spirit and we will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Guilt over past decisions. Some of you live a guilt-laden life because of things that are already under the blood. Those things are already under the blood, but the enemy brings them to your mind and you allow guilt to keep you from your potential in Christ Jesus. Next, frustration with upholding the laws of God. Some of you look at the commandments, you look at the Mosaic Covenant, and you look at the list of rules and you say, you know, I can't ever attain that. And then when you get into the New Covenant translation of the Old Covenant, when you see that there are not only physical sins and, and fleshly sins, there are spiritual sins, and you think, my God, I can't gossip, I can't even think bad things, or I'm a sinner. You know why that frustration sets in? So you'll rely on God. If you could attain it, you wouldn't need God. So if you can keep the Ten Commandments, but you fall short in the spiritual sin column, it's to frustrate you to the point you'll give it all to God. Because you can't do it without Him. Health struggles will keep you from living a fun-filled life. Spiritual warfare... We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. And doubting God will keep you from living the fun-filled life that God has for you. But I want to tell you, it's fun being saved. It's fun being saved. And I want to release to you some reasons why it's fun being saved. It's my prayer tonight that you're going to discover or rediscover the joy of your salvation. When King David blew it, and I mean when King David blew it, he blew it, amen? It, it, lust wasn't enough for King David. Lust had to grow legs and he had to commit adultery. Adultery wasn't enough for King David. He had to murder his best soldier. Murder wasn't enough for King David. He had to lie about murdering his best soldier. Man after God's own heart. Had some struggles like the rest of us. And this is what it says. In Psalm 51 verse 8. Make me hear joy and gladness that the bones you have broken may rejoice. This is the cry of a desperate man. When you've been in bondage so long, you want to hear the sound of joy again. You want to hear the voice of God again. You want to hear the Spirit again. You want to see God move again. How many of you have ever felt like that before? I tell you, I'll preach to you tonight. I don't care if there's 10 or 10,000. I'm going to preach. And i got a word for you tonight if you'll receive it. But you've been at a place in your life where you're, you felt like your bones are broken, you've been betrayed, or maybe you've blown it, and you are concerned because you feel like God is giving you the high sign. That God is saying, you can talk all you want, but I'm not listening. I'm telling you that's not true. You just have to release a sound out of your mouth. You have broken my bones, but I want to hear these bones live again. I want to hear the joy 
again. And then David says, Hide your face from my sins and blot out all my iniquities. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. A steadfast spirit in some translations. Listen, if there's a steadfast spirit, there's a wrong spirit. If there's a right spirit, there's a wrong spirit. Is it possible, and bear with me theologically tonight if you would, is it possible that a Christian can have the wrong spirit? Absolutely it is. Is it possible that a Christian who loves God, who does things for God, who prays to God, who believes in God, could have a negative spirit towards someone else in the kingdom of God and not be operating or functioning in the joy gift that God has for them? Absolutely it is possible. David was a man after God's own heart, but he blew it. But he released this cry, and God restored his spirit. Once he said, created me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me, something happened in the heavenlies, and something will happen for you when you confess your iniquities and you release a sound into heaven, things begin to shift for you. David goes on to say, do not cast me away from your presence. See, you know if you're where you need to be with God when you're more concerned about his presence than you are your position. If you're more concerned about getting in God's presence and less concerned with your position or your prosperity, then you are right where God wants you to be. So many Christians want their position before they want to get in his presence. And all God's looking for is a people that will get in his presence. And when you get in his presence, there is what? Fullness of, come on somebody, fullness of joy. You have to get in his presence. If things are going to be made new in your life, it starts with his presence. We want to fix position. We want to fix prosperity. We want to fix pain. And God says, just get in my presence. But we want to skip steps. God's calling us to his presence. Then finally he says, restore to me the joy of your salvation and uphold me by your generous spirit. So I believe that it's fun being saved, number one, because God cares about us. Everybody say he cares about me. The God of the universe that created the heavens and the earth cares about you as an individual is what the Bible says. There are things about you that you think no one notices, that you are ashamed of, that you are proud of. These are minute details in your DNA, and you don't think anybody notices, but do you know God notices? And He cares about your problems. They may seem petty to some, but they are important to God. It's fun being saved because God cares about me. And that may not mean anything to you because you're going to get together with family and friends next Thursday and you're going to eat too much turkey and too much macaroni and cheese and you're going to hug people you love. But do you know there are people tonight that don't have family? There are people tonight that don't have food. There are people tonight, as it says in Hebrews 13, are in prison and they've been falsely accused. There are people all over this world that are struggling. They don't have family. They're on the streets, whether it be Jamaica or Dominican Republic or the, even the nation of Israel that don't have anything tonight. And, and, and when we talk about the fact that a God cares about them, that the God of the universe cares about them, it may not mean anything to you in East Tennessee, but it means something to those who don't have anybody else. And it's fun because God cares, man. He cares. And that was the biggest thing when I came back to the Lord, was that God could still love me in spite of my mess. 
It's such a simple truth, but it's a truth that will change your life if you ever can grasp the fact that God cares about you even when you fall short. Do you deserve it? No. It's called grace. Unmerited, undeserved favor. The only way to obtain it is by accepting it and releasing it out of your mouth. Under the law of Moses, you had to earn it. Under the new covenant, it is yours because of the blood of Jesus. It says in Hebrews 9 verse 13, For if the blood of bulls and goats and the ashes of a heifer, sprinkling the unclean, sanctifies for the purifying of the flesh, how much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal Spirit offered himself without spot to God, cleanse your conscience from dead works to serve the living God? So there are dead works. There are religious activities we can do that cleanse our conscience, but it won't cleanse your soul. You've got to come to grips with the fact that God cares about you. Number two, it's fun being saved because God's grace covers us. His grace covers us. Somebody say amazing grace. See, we talk about a house of grace here, and we talk about all these things that have to do with grace, but what we don't talk about is the fact that grace is a covenant. It's an agreement. It's a blood agreement between Jesus Christ and his people. There was the Adamic covenant, the Noah covenant, the Abrahamic covenant, and then the old covenant of Moses. There's all these covenants in the Bible, the agreement God made with his people, and each one built on the other until the covenant became final on Calvary when Jesus died for us. It is a blood covenant that Jesus makes with his people. It covers us. God's grace has been prophesied, promised, and paid for by his blood. You can't earn it. The Bible says, For the law was given through Moses in the Gospel of John, but grace and truth came through who? Jesus Christ. That sums up the Gospel of grace in one verse. For the law was given through Moses. But grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. When the Word became flesh and tabernacled among us, that was the fulfillment of grace. That's why the Old Testament picture of the tabernacle and this particular passage in the Gospel of John, when it says the Word became flesh and tabernacled amongst us, all of those signs and all of those pieces of furniture in the Old Covenant tabernacle is a picture of who Jesus Christ is for you today. And it's by grace you've been saved. Grace covers us from the past, present, and future. Some people don't preach that. Some of you believe you've got to go to bed tonight and confess every sin you committed today. And I used to live like that. I'd get saved every night before I'd go to bed. Tell me if that's faith. You think Jesus Christ died 2,000 years ago on a bloody cross as a fulfillment with every Hebrew prophecy so that you'd have to get saved every day. Is grace cheap? Is his blood cheap? No, it's not cheap. It covers you from the past, present, and the future. It covers you from the accusations of other people. If grace is covering you, then you'll not worry about what people think. You'll have fun in spite of the haters. Somebody say amen. Have fun. Be yourself in the kingdom of God. God will put you strategically where you need to be so you'll be connected with the people you're supposed to be connected with. We waste a lot of time in the kingdom of God trying to connect with people that God never wanted us to be connected with in the first place. So stop trying to make wrong relationships work. The kingdom is not difficult. 
you do not have to beat the bushes to find an open door in God's kingdom. You don't have to beat the bushes to find kingdom relationships in the kingdom of God. If, if you're having to work for it, it's not grace. Somebody say amen. It covers us from our dead works. This is what the Amplified Version says of 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 2. May grace, God's favor and peace, which is perfect well-being, all necessary good, all spiritual prosperity, and freedom from fears and agitating passions and moral conflicts be multiplied to you in the full, personal, and precise knowledge of God and Jesus Christ. Man, if that doesn't make you want to run a lap, I don't know what does. When you see Jesus, you see grace. You want to find out if you're showing grace or not? Would Jesus say it? Would Jesus do it? Now, there are a lot of things that Jesus never addressed. I think those things are mysteries. I'll step on your toes if we really get into it, but I don't want to step on your toes a week before Thanksgiving. But if you want to find out if you're walking in grace or not, compare your notes to the notes in the words of Jesus. Sometimes it's better not to beat somebody over the head. Speak with kingdom wisdom like he did. Make kingdom decisions like he did. Understand the greater goal and objective is to see somebody saved and come into the kingdom of God. And, and you don't have to be right all the time to be right with God. You don't have to be right all the time to be right with other people. Somebody say kingdom. The more you increase in the knowledge of Jesus, the more grace you'll walk in. You say, Pastor Ronnie, I don't like to read. I have a hard time retaining what I read. I don't like to memorize. I don't like to read. I, I, but I, I know I'm supposed to read the Bible. Let me tell you something. Get you Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John and hang out there till God says move on. If you can function and walk and understand who Jesus is, it will change your life. And frankly, I want you to read it and study it all. And if you don't, I'll preach you through every book. If you'll hang with me the next eight or nine years, we're going to go through every book of the Bible. And I'll preach you to the best of my ability and teach you. We've got great teachers in this church. But if you don't like to read the Bible, you hang out in the four Gospels. And let the Spirit of Jesus just cover you. And watch what God does with your life. Number three, it's fun being saved because God is with us. Look at the story of Joseph in the Bible. Coat of many colors. Brother sold him into slavery. We were jealous of him. Potiphar's house. Everything he went through. But God still had a plan for his life. All the misery. Being falsely accused. Being bludgeoned. Sold into slavery. God still was with him. I don't know what you're going through tonight. I don't have a clue. But the Holy Ghost is still with you in the midst of it. And you ought to give God a shout of praise tonight for that. Give God a shout of praise in the house that He's still with you in the midst of the storm. We celebrate Advent soon and Christmas. We refer to God as Emmanuel. It says, A virgin shall conceive a child, and they'll call him Emmanuel, which means what? God with us. It's fun being saved because God's got my back. He's got your back. If you're saved, you don't have to go at this thing alone. God is with you. The Christian life is not fun because of what we have. It's fun because of who we have.
It's not fun because of what we have. It's fun because who we have. People get all torn up about what people have and what people don't have. There are a lot of suicidal people in million-dollar mansions. Don't get so hung up on what people have. Let's get hung up on who they have or who they don't have or who they need. His name is Jesus. Success comes when you embrace Jesus and you embrace his joy-filled life for you. But it's fun because God is with us. It's fun because God protects us. He protects us. It says in 1 John 5, verse 18, We know that whoever is born of God does not sin, but he who has been born of God keeps himself, and the wicked one does not touch him. David would say, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For thine art with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. But this is what I love. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Let me tell you, God will protect you. God will promote you. People that have hated on you, people that have cursed you, people that have doubted you, God is going to promote you like he did Joseph right in front of his brothers where his brothers came eating out of his hand. But you've got to be in covenant with God. It's fun being saved because God protects and promotes. It ain't got a thing to do with your flesh or your works. God protects and promotes, and he will have your back if you're willing to follow him wherever he says to go. Number five, it's fun being saved because not only does he protect and promote, he guides us. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all Sin. He goes on to say in the Gospel of John, chapter 16, I still have many things to say to you, Jesus would say, but you cannot bear them now. However, when he, the Spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth, for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will tell you things to come. He will glorify me, for he will take of what is mine and declare it to you. It's fun being saved because God keeps his promises to us. Listen, if you haven't heard anything I've said tonight, understand that if God's promised you something, it will come to fulfillment. If God's given you a promise, it's going to come to pass. I'm talking about promises in his word, over 3,000, but I mean a specific prophetic promise to you personally. For someone in your life or even for you, God keeps his promises to us. What promises does he keep? Promise of freedom. Amen? God's promised us freedom. You have freedom in the Christian life. That's why it's a fun life. Because you have freedom. You don't have to earn or impress or grovel or grind. You have the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. And there is a promise of freedom. Not a freedom to indulge in sin, but a freedom not to be bound by guilt and condemnation over every little thing. Therefore, there is now what? No condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. You have freedom to live. You also have a promise of an inheritance, a promise of Abraham on your life. And he keeps his promises. Everything he promised to Abraham, to our Jewish ancestors, we are grafted in by the blood of Jesus. 
So if someone tells you you're always going to be poor, you don't have to believe that or receive that. If someone tells you you can't, you can't ever move from renting to owning, you don't have to receive that. If someone tells you you can't have a family and you can't leave a legacy, you don't have to receive that. If someone tells you because you struggled in a certain area, your kids are going to struggle with a certain area, you don't have to receive that. Why? Because God keeps His promises. There's a promise of everlasting life and there's a promise of a clear mind. Blessed are those whose lawless deeds are forgiven and whose sins are covered. Blessed is the man to whom the Lord shall not impute sin. Finally, there's a promise of eternity. I'm thankful that there's a heaven, there's a mansion waiting on us. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go and prepare a place and abode for you. And if I go and prepare this place, I will come again to receive you to myself. And where I am, there you may be also. And where I go, you know, and the way you know. And Thomas said, listen, Lord, how do we know where you're going or what you're doing? And Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except through me. I'm telling you, it's a fun life because it's just the beginning. It's just the beginning. This is just like a vapor, man. What we see is not reality. There's an invisible world waiting on us where we will be reunited with our lost loved ones and we'll take back everything the enemy tried unsuccessfully to steal from us. We'll reign with the Lord Jesus Christ. Finally, and I close here, it's fun being saved because God connects us. God connects us. First, God connects us with the Father. He sent His Spirit into our hearts crying out, Abba, Father. We're connected with the Father. I don't care what kind of daddy issues you've got. Those of you watching, maybe your dad abused you. Maybe he left you. Maybe he abandoned you. Whatever it may be. God connects us. In the kingdom, we are connected to who we are supposed to be connected to. And you're connected to a loving Father. A Father that loves you. But you are also connected to a family I'm thankful for each and every person in this room tonight. And I'm thankful for the thousand plus that's not here tonight that gives to this church, that serves this church. From the 8-year-old to the 88-year-old, we are a family, and God's connected us. And I'm telling you, it's fun because we are connected. Listen, you don't even have to like each other. You're connected because of the blood of Jesus. So you better learn to love one another because you're stuck with each other for a long time. You're connected with the Father. You're connected with the family. You're connected with the future because of Jesus Christ. How are you connected with all those principles? By faith. Faith of Abraham. You're grafted in. And God wants to bless you. So I say, how about we have some fun on Thanksgiving? Amen. Stand on your feet tonight. I want to bless you. Here's what I want to do. I want to release joy in the house tonight. And I'm going to have Brother Timmons do some inner healing with you through the power of the Holy Spirit. We're not going to take long. I'm going to release joy, and he's just going to release the Spirit into your life to heal you from the inside out. So you're going to have a great week. Yeah, Brian, let's go ahead and flow a little bit if we can. If you need to slip out after I release joy, you can. But I don't think you want to miss what God's about to do spiritually. This isn't going to take long. It's just going to take God a moment. But I want you to receive what God's about to do. So lift your hands up if you're able. Heavenly Father, 
I declare joy unspeakable and full of glory. Lord, I declare fun for your people. Lord, we are thankful that you care for us, you cover us, that it's by grace we've been saved. Lord, we're thankful that you prepare a table for us in the presence of our enemies, that you protect us, that you are for us. Lord, we're thankful for eternal life, for the promise of freedom, for the inheritance that we have. Lord, we're thankful for kingdom connections. Lord, you connect us with the right people. But Lord, we're thankful for these core fundamental connections. That you are our Father who art in heaven. Hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We're thankful for your kingdom, that you are our Father. That you are the leader of this kingdom. Lord, we're thankful for the family that's ours and the future that you promised to all of us, that we'll have eternal life and that we have purpose on earth, all because of the blood of your Son, Jesus. So, Lord, I release joy into the atmosphere tonight. Joy, joy, unspeakable, full of glory, happiness, fun, authenticity, true relationships. I come against religion. Lord, we don't want any part of that at Abba's house. We want real people that love you, that are honest about their strengths and their weaknesses. We want a real family, Lord. Lord, we don't want the people who know how to walk the walk and talk the talk, but there's no truth to who they really are. Lord, send us family members that need us, that, that we need in the days ahead. Lord, fill us with your joy. Lord, if there's anybody under the sound of my voice, that needs you, Lord, I pray you direct their attention here right now. If you don't know Jesus, the Bible says confess with your mouth and believe in your heart. Just say, Lord Jesus, I believe you died for my sins. Lord, I believe you died for my sins. Come into my heart, save me, and fill me with your Holy Spirit. Now, before we go off the live stream, just one more minute. If there's people watching online, if there's people in the house. Now, the live stream can't really see you. Maybe the top of the back of your head. So you have privacy in here. But if you need just some inner healing tonight, we're not going to come down there and embarrass you, but if you just need some healing emotionally tonight as we enter into this holiday season, would you just lift your hand up? Just lift your hand up. I'm going to have Brother Timmons pray over you. If you just need some inner healing tonight, hallelujah. Brother Timmons is going to release. Leave your hand up so he can release into you. He's got an anointing for this. Just receive it right now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father God, in your presence, truly is fullness of joy. And Lord, your presence is in this place and your spirit is in this place now. And Abba, Father, you see the sheep that are here before us tonight, Father. And I just want to declare and decree over them. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. I declare in the name of Yeshua, who the Son sets free, is free indeed. I declare every spirit that's been set array against you. You may have been from a child, from a teenager, to struggles and situations you're battling right now. I declare the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, peace, be still. You are free and fully alive in Christ. I felt that in my spirit. You are free and fully alive in 
in Yeshua. Holy Spirit, I pray you touch the hearts of your people right now in the name of Jesus. I declare the blood of Christ over you. I declare there's no entanglements, no soul ties. Every wound to your soul be healed in the name of Jesus. Holy Spirit, by your anointing right now, move upon your people. Breathe upon them. And Lord, I just feel that you're leading us right now for that joy, that joy, that joy as we enter just a few moments of worship right now. That joy, that joy, that joy that comes from you, Holy Spirit. Pastor said there's joy in the laying on of hands. And if I may, Pastor, we're not going to take long as we enter his presence. If you still need some further ministry in your soulless realm, or you need to just get it in his presence, come to the altar now. Pastor Angie, if you'd be so kind, if you're here, come to the altar right now. We will minister to you, but more than anything else, the Holy Spirit's going to minister to you right now.